The Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is a service of Flashes O Fun Photography. Book online, flashesofun.com, and save $50 on affordable family pictures, pet pictures, and senior pictures. Flashesofun.com. And save 38% on bulk mulch purchases from Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils for Central Ohio locations. The 38% savings will be given to you in the form of a Visa gift card so that you can support small businesses in the state of Ohio. Kurtz Brothers, order online, kbcolumbus.com, using the promo code KBCARES, or stop by their locations in Dublin, Westerville, Alexandria, and just off I-71 South at Frank Road. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Um, Thank you for letting me uh, share with that and share that conversation. Well, by the way, give you the citation on your verse. I know it's the Apostle Paul's writing, but I don't think you gave this citation. That was 1 Peter? (laughs) 1, 6, and 7. Once again, you doubt me. Every time I give you a verse, you... That's really embarrassing because we're studying First Peter. All my friends in <laughs> Sunday school really, are like, yeah, you guys are, you're, way to pay attention. You guys are dialed in, I see. Focused. All my friends, I tell you this, yeah. I'll plead the uh, boredom of Zoom Sunday school. That's my uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm just done with Zoom, zoned, aren't you? I zoned, zoned out on Zoom. Yeah, I'm Certain done things, with Zoom. Zoom. Totally done with Zoom. How are you? I'm good. Zoom could be good for a lot of things. Zoom just, was great for a while. I think church and worship, it's not a good thing. Not great. After a while. I think it's it serves a purpose. There's a phrase, the fellowship of believers. And there's a richness to the fellowship of other people worshiping with you. It's great to be in church on Sunday, stand, sing. How we're was the attendance, by the way? It was great, uh, except it's a false flag because every other pew was closed. Mm-hmm. So everybody's concentrated on every other pew. Which, to me, that's, I mean, I get the logic of it because you want to keep people six feet apart, but it puts more people on each individual pew. Although, I guess you're, what do they call it? Not particles, you're things you spew out of your mouth when you talk. They don't go sideways. Mm -hmm. They go forward. So, I know they're trying to keep people. People happy to be back? I mean, People are very happy to be back, but. uh, Did you have a masked and unmasked We had a masked and an unmasked, yes. Which one was more attended? I don't know because I didn't attend the mast. Uh-huh. I attended the unmasked at eleven. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's good. Don't know why we can't have Sunday school, but I don't want to get sideways with our elders or our pastor. I, I asked it. that question yesterday. I'm like, you know, I, did they get you get an answer? I did not get it. No, that's a very We're good proceeding question. Proceeding slowly is what I was told. Where you know, the Sunday school room is way in the back of the church. It's not used at nine thirty, so it's not like it'd be contaminated from everyone at nine. Is it possibly to social distance within a Sunday school? room? It is in our Sunday school class because we normally convert the room. It's like a long, wide room, and we put one person up front. And we kind of sit everybody on the long way, but we could sit. You know, we could stand differently and I have a, sit everybody apart. I have a suggestion. Yeah, why don't you have everybody over here for Sunday that suggestion school? Suggestion has been made repeatedly. Okay, and shot the response? Down. Who shot it down? Um, it's been shot down. So the elders it's are fish. shooting down. Boy, I like my church. I want to go back. No, I'm asking the question. I'm you're asking not, the you're same question. You're not asking questions. the question. I just, I'm asking the same question. I'm is, trying not to get sideways with I don't, my church I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm not trying to get sideways with leadership. No, leadership. Part of being the leadership and leading is when people ask questions, yes. you need to have an answer. Yeah, I know. I, I called the priest of my church, remember? I said, okay, tell me the rules of opening up so yeah. I can share it with the people, how we're doing it, and maybe other churches can get some great ideas. It's yeah. all about sharing information. Yeah. That's so I all. asked that question yesterday of one of the gentlemen on staff, and he really didn't have an answer, and he just said, we're proceeding slowly, and cautiously okay until we open up waiting for the spike and seeing if there's a spike and uh and then what was the thing that that he said to me that um basically we're opening up some places in dublin aren't opening up until september and he's like you know we were kind of should we go should we not and i said look somebody's got to be first somebody's got to be first Mm -hmm. uh by the way today uh is uh, june the 10th and uh, we got more openings. Are we on Facebook or not? No, we're not on Facebook. Well, Carrie wants to know, do you need to buy something? No. Do I need no. to again? I'll explain it to uh, Carrie. Once we have sports to talk about, we'll be on Facebook. I said to her, 
I said to her today. There's no editing Facebook Live. Let's put it that way. I said, oh, we're not allowed to be on Facebook? No, we are allowed to be on Facebook. Are, are we being, or is our First Amendment being squashed? Uh, no, it's not. I, I'm squashing it. You're squashing it. I don't want to be, I don't want the gotcha police to be watching Facebook Live and, you know, jumping on something we say like somebody tried to the one day. Uh, but we'll get back on Facebook Live. Uh, whatever. June the 10th. Here's what's opening in Ohio today. Aquariums, art galleries, country clubs. I thought clubs, are, golf clubs have already been open. I thought they were too. Club. I don't know if that means a social part of it. I have no idea. Ice skating rinks, indoor family entertainment centers, indoor sports facilities, laser tag, movie theaters. Movie theaters, good for them. Museums, right. playgrounds, outdoors, public rec centers. Hoo-ha. Uh, roller skating rinks, social clubs, trampoline parks, and zoos open today. But I think the Columbus Zoo is only open to members. Okay, let me... Ask what are the restrictions? I don't do, know. do we know the restrictions? No I mean, idea. I see the Ohio State football players reporting for duty at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, all wearing masks. So my question is, do they have to work out in masks? No, I, I don't think they would. Okay, I, I don't. I don't know. Coaches I, have the masks on. Everybody's got the masks on. I'm gonna say what I think that is. I think that's for appearances' sake, and uh, you know, just to keep. The people who think masks are unnecessary um, are not going to complain about people wearing masks. Wear one but the people want. who think masks are essential are are likely to be very agitated if they don't see players wearing masks. And Ohio State is, you know, if players aren't wearing masks and then someone tests positive for COVID-19, then Ohio State it's is open to greater criticism than if someone tests positive after wearing masks. I understand why they are doing that yeah. within going into the building. I don't know what goes on inside the building. Yeah. So Nor does anyone uh, except those inside the building. And they're limiting that and doing all the things that they need to do. I was talking to Rick about the open up the Vikings facility yeah. and their one-way hallways and masks. And... One-way hallways. Yeah. Great. The building's so enormous, I mean... It's hard not to social distance. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to work not, but you and know, not what? everybody's back, right? They limited the number of people yeah. who are back. So, I mean, but you know, they got to do what the league wants them to do. They're, yeah. you're, you're, sure you know, they do. People make decisions, and you sign a contract. You listen to the people that make decisions, mm-hmm. and not they don't have the luxury that you and I have. Where I told Carrie this morning, I, I go, I'll be back. She goes, Where are you going? I go, It's Wednesday. I got to go to the job that I go to. I go to the hinterlands. That that I don't get paid to go to. That's right. (laughs) That I actually pay to go to. Yeah, you pay to go to this job. Uh, We are on the cusp of the NCAA approving a six-week ramp-up to the college football season. These workouts are part of it. So we're going to play college football. We're going to play NFL football this year. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I do want to know, do you think football will unite us? the way that I would argue baseball united us in the fall of 2001 after 9-11, the way that, um, well, that's the chief example. And then I'll ask a second question a little bit later. But do you think, I think sports has been a unifying force in this country it's, before. We get, oh, everybody got excited about the Miracle on Ice hockey team in 1980. It's mm-hmm. um, one of the great things. About, um, I do, do you think football will unite us this fall? I think it absolutely can. Because when once, you gave me a trestle answer there, it can. I well, ask you, here's will why. It? Here's why. I, I have to go into my explanation. I, okay. I don't know if it will or won't until it happens. Asking for your best assessment. I, that's why I, I can. I think it can. Meaning, yes, it can. But you running the, for office? There's a common theme here. <laughs> what united us in the 1980 hockey team was the uh, hostages held in Iran. That was a common enemy. What united us was our country was cowardly attacked by terrorists in 2001. And what united us here is a common enemy that nobody wants is racism. Now, the locker room is the perfect laboratory to unite because you have people from all different economical, social, racial backgrounds mm-hmm. that come together for one common goal. So football is in a very powerful position to do that. And when people see teams come together for one common goal, oftentimes that can lead to people coming together. 
for one common goal. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it can. Will it? I don't know. Okay, so I asked you if football would unite us. Um, I think yes. You think it, it can. can? Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I, if I were betting, I, don't, I, I don't, would say yes. If you were betting, you would say yes. If I were betting, I would say no. Okay, of course. And here's the reason why. Not because I'm a negative person, but because when 9-11 happened, the instant go-to was not to blame the sitting president. Now, everything that happens, the go-to is to blame the sitting president, as was the case during President Obama. We become fractured and divided and we have, as I've said before, this uh, this uh, anti-social behavior that we see rioting and protesting and stuff like that is a religion. Thus, the passion drives it. Mm-hmm. Because I think football is not going to unite us this fall because we're going to see more NFL players than just than the number that's, that knelt with Colin Kaepernick in 2016. We're going to see more players kneeling. Was it 2016 or 2017? 20, okay, 2017. We're going to see more players kneeling. We are going to see a significantly higher number of college football players kneeling this fall. We are seeing college football players, and in the case of the Ohio State University, a college football program formally endorsed the Black Lives Matter movement. A statement from Gene Smith the other day Mm -hmm. that Ohio State endorses the Black Lives Matter movement. I do not believe that football will unite us this fall because I think... Uh, this is this is going to be a divisive issue. I I would say to people who want to advocate for some of the positions of the Black Lives Matter movement that are unifying, not all of them are, but some of them are, that you need to pick a different... If you want to further your movement the most, you would be well advised to pick a different method than to link okay. your protest to the to the national anthem. So you of the think United some States people? That's why I think because some you, people won't listen to that. It uh, uh, Drew Brees. The more I think about the Drew Brees thing, the more frustrated I am that he apologized because he he said nothing he needed to apologize for. He said, "When I look at the flag, let me tell you why I stand for the flag." He's allowed to have his reasons for standing for the flag. He said nothing about Kaepernick. He said nothing about the protests of Kaepernick being invalid. He said nothing about that. And that is a widely held opinion by many Americans. If you're a Gold Star family, if you're a military family, if you're a law and order family, if you're a God and country family, that is a widely held opinion. And the way that Drew Brees was pilloried for that, having to apologize multiple times. Now I see his wife has apologized. I wait for his kids to apologize. You know, I, I just think this is going to become, I, I'm in the real world. I always say I'm the mayor of real town. This is going to become a divisive issue, and college football players kneeling is going to be way more prevalent than it was during the Kaepernick era. And I think college athletics needs to think about the long-term impact on its programs of angering and a not insignificant portion of its fan base with displays of protest like I assume are coming. Okay. Let me ask you this. Just I I, I love By the way, I made no judgment about the value of them there, even though people assume that I did. I'm just saying this is what I see on the horizon coming and the fallout of it. So let me ask you a question. How many people are turned off by when college football players, NFL players uh, celebrate and honor their religion during games? Um, I'm going to guess, I don't know, 30%. Okay, so I guess my point is we have, as a player, and we have that First Amendment to be able to do that. One of the yeah. coolest moments, and it wasn't really in existence when I was playing, but I love those uh, when the teams come together at midfield at the end of the game yeah. with a group of players and they get down and they pray together. I love that. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I won't leave the press box until I watch it mm-hmm. because I, with all my being, support that. And so I am saying that if I'm a believer in in our freedom of religion, then I have to believe, be a believer 
in uh, freedom of speech. I didn't I say they couldn't do it. I'm I said saying, there's going to be fallout. You're from not it. listening to no, me. No, I am listening to you. I, just I didn't wanna, say people I, draw assumptions keep, from what you no, say. No, you are paranoid that you think that I am always saying this is what Bruce is saying. No, I'm just clarifying. I'm asking you a question. No, okay. No, anybody that's listening honestly knows you didn't say that. You're pointing out potential problems. Yep. It's a potential problem. Is it a potential problem that players and people and coaches sit down and they pray at midfield? Some people, I'm not watching that crap. That's I, I that's think that's possible. a much. I, I would say that's a much smaller number than the people who are going to be offended by a national anthem protest. I put the I, people who are I offended by think, a national anthem protest at seventy to seventy-five percent. So, you, you, so what you, it's a simple solution. You don't have the anthem. You let them come out. You let them do. People that want to make a, a First Amendment. A statement, give them a minute before the game or after the game to do so. I, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Just have the anthem before the teams come out. I don't see. I don't see the issue. If the anthem and the flag is not the issue, and what uh, Colin did, kneeling down uh, for during the national anthem wasn't about the flag. It was about social injustice. Then give these guys a moment to have their First Amendment rights. Why it doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't. Because if you have a problem with them doing that, then you have a problem with guys sitting down and kneeling in prayer. Do you think there would be objection from players if the national anthem is performed while they're in the locker room on the grounds of you're denying us the platform to display our statement so during the anthem they have a platform first of all we don't show the anthem very much on tv we're in commercial so you're going to have the same exposure with or without the anthem on tv yeah except see. for in stadium obviously the people yeah. there okay so in stadium you give the people everybody the same exposure which would be a minute or however long the anthem lasts and give them the moment if you want to pray pray if you want to uh, make a social justice statement Make a social justice statement. Do it. If you score a touchdown and you want to do a uh, a kneel or whatever, do it. And, you know, it'll be up to the TV to show what they want to show and do what they want to do. So, uh, you know, it's not like you're, they're losing any exposure. You know, the TVs and the networks will cover what they choose to cover. Just because we don't show the anthem doesn't mean we're not taping the anthem. Okay, so now let's move the college game. Okay. September 5th, Bowling is, Green. By the way, is there a national anthem for college? Or the teams are I'm asking you that. That's they're I'm inside. The, the players, I believe, are in the locker room when the national anthem plays in college. September the 5th, Ohio State plays Bowling Green. What if they dispense with the national anthem? Would that that be a huge deal, right? Yeah, that if they dispense with it, yeah, that would yeah. be a problem. I think it'll, it'll turn a lot of people off. Yeah. Yeah. What if college players demand to be on the field during the national anthem so they can kneel, so they can be seen? Kneeling. Well, that's that's what they'll have to deal with. What uh, that we never were on the field before. If you want to make a statement, here's a minute. Make your statement. It's a minefield to walk through because there's such polarizing opinions on both sides, and that's why I don't think football. Okay, will be if they're polarizing on both sides, Bruce, and if I were a leader in this movement or whatever's going on, okay, we have to compromise. You have to be a compromise, and who's ever leading, you have to compromise. We're going to give everybody the moment to make whatever First Amendment uh, statement they want to make, and we're also going to play the national anthem. Or you give pe players the choice. If you if you don't want to come out during the national anthem, then don't come out. Or you just say, heck with it. If you if we play the national anthem, if you don't want to participate, don't participate. Don't. That's your First Amendment right. I don't agree with it, but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, and not watch the game or not think you're an evil person i don't know what your reasons are if you don't want to participate don't participate because i don't want um to me one way and this might be a backwards rear end way of looking at it when i look at all the soldiers and i watch you know nobody watches american heroes channel or military history channel more than me because i am all of all the men and women who have served our country, and I am so eternally grateful for what they were, their courage, all of them, no matter gender, race, whatever, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Mm -hmm. And what they fought for is liberty 
and freedom. Liberty and freedom. And how they express themselves is what those men and women fought and died for. We can't dictate as a country to how people express their liberty and freedom because when you start dictating how to express your liberty and freedom, you have no liberty and freedom. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. So I think people are coming to that realization. Well, you mentioned a word that I don't see a lot of but is definitely sorely needed, and that's compromise. There has to be. There has to be. There has to be some reform. There's got to be reform within everybody. What can white people do? Let's talk about that for one second. All right. One of the things you pointed out is speak out against racism when you see it. Absolutely. Speak out against it. Point it out. If you see a business that operates in a in some type or there's an act of racism, then don't patronize the business. Speak. We all have a platform. Speak out against racism if you see it. That's one thing that we can do. The other things to do if um, if you have the means, uh, set up scholarship funds for kids in uh, low budgeted. Uh, city schools or where kids don't have the same opportunities as they do where you can get offer a kid a chance at a second level or more than one kid there's there's things that we can do that might seem really small but if everybody does it we're providing more opportunity that's what we can do that's yep. what I can do that's what I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything I do because that's no. self-serving and I'm not interested in self-serving um I know where I know I know I knew how I grew up. I know where my heart is and I know what my actions are to combat racism. And um, I'm saying we all can do that if you look. It's it, it, this is so cool in a sense like this, okay? And I'm really getting excited about this, okay? Because in our faith journey, in our walk journey and in, in what in order to serve God, right, we have to go where God is. We have to go where maybe God wants us to be. And sometimes God takes us into situations where we might feel overwhelmed. Or uncomfortable. Or sure. uncomfortable or out of our comfort zone. Yeah. But if you're walking the walk or trying to walk the walk every single day, which I try to do, and I'm not going to preface it anymore, but this one time, we all fall short, but we keep walking. Well, in order to grow in your faith, you have to look for opportunity to serve. So if you want to grow, if you feel as an individual, okay, well, I see injustice. Well, I have to go and look for opportunity where there's injustice, and what possibly can I contribute to right that injustice. And I gave you two suggestions. Mm-hmm. So that's what we can do. I can't, I, I've, I've maybe been stopped once by uh, a police officer when I thought I shouldn't have been stopped. I, 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 um, but it was late in the morning and I was in a nice neighborhood and it was when I was in Maslin and I didn't have the money that I have today. Mm-hmm. And I looked, you know, I had the flannel on and, you know, I looked a little nefarious. Mm-hmm. Good work. Maybe, maybe once in my life that has happened, but it's not happened multiple times like it's happened to a lot of my friends that yep. they've shared those experiences with. And, and so educate yourself, then find yourself, all right, if I want to walk the walk and serve God, if there's injustice, what can I do? to help with that injustice and to point out that injustice. And if I have the means, what can I do to actually contribute to stopping that injustice? Right? right. So, I mean, what's wrong with that? That's not compromise. That's, that's extending our faith yeah, outside real. of the church parking lot. That's right. Amen to that. Uh, looked at some studies online 
about name, image, and likeness, and we'll get to that after uh, I mention our coffee sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Mr. Spielman starts his day with K-Cups from Hemisphere. You can get it light, medium, and dark roast, roasted to order, whole bean or ground, bought direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia. Excellent coffee, great people, wonderful mission where they pay the growers more than they would get from the government in their respective countries, and then they (laughs) plug back in and do great things. Perfect example. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You can get 15% off using the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps, or you can donate that to COVID-19 Relief. Get your nominations in for Friday's drawing. Four more names, another $1,000 in COVID-19 Relief. We're over $12,000 in COVID-19 Relief on our way to $40,000. Send those to SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And again, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com is where you order the best coffee you'll ever taste. You've said you don't think the... uh, monetary impact will be that great for college football players. I, I don't know if I said that. Okay, I thought you said that. What I, I, I think our definition of great is... What do you think Justin Fields would make? 100000 Okay, so this is from a, a site called Athletic Director U. They've done a study looking at all the social media influencers and what they're paid for Instagram posts and all the different platforms that they have. They estimate that this past season, if name, image, and likeness had been in vogue, Joe Burrow would have made between seven and seven hundred thousand to eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. Tua would have made four fifty to five seventy. Oh, God bless him. And Jalen Hurts four hundred to four ninety five, just off their Instagram. Yeah, post. see, that's what I, I don't. That's where I fall short. Yeah. I was thinking of just paid endorsements from companies or yeah. car dealers or whatever. So they. Uh, estimate the top uh, paid athletes upcoming, assuming some of these people return to school, which I don't think Cole Anthony will at North Carolina. 476,000 Cole Anthony point guard in North Carolina. The second highest is a gymnast from UCLA, Madison Koshian. Uh, 466. Trevor Lawrence is fourth on the list at 390. Uh, Justin Fields is down at number, I think Justin Fields was number 10. Well, he was on here. He was on here. Oh, here he is, number eight, 300,000. So, um, I didn't take into account influencing. Uh, Yeah. You know, I don't know what influencers. It's just going to be a very different, a different era. And I wonder, again, projecting out, how are fans going to feel it's a different dynamic. It may make no difference at all. Or it may be like fans are uncomfortable because these guys aren't, you know, the quote-unquote doing it for the love of the game, poor college student, that kind of thing. I mean, but that is an unrealistic view and you're stuck in a time capsule if you think that's the way things are. That's the world, the world changes. Either you change with it or you'll get passed up. There are opportunities for these players in which football provides. And the the thing that people don't look to, I had this conversation with Macy, my daughter, basketball player. And, you know, this was back three or four years ago when she was questioning did she want to play college basketball when I knew that she had the ability to do so. And I said, here's one thing, Mace, that we're going to talk about over the next three years. You have to understand what playing, being a college athlete and what playing college basketball will do for you. You're not going to, Macy's not going to be a major influencer in college basketball. She's not going to make 100000 or $200,000. What it will do, it gives you a platform to serve God, and it opens up doors and opportunities Mm -hmm. for you. That is why, as you know, that I have been a big proponent of second and third chances, especially with young people that will make a mistake or two. Mm -hmm. I'm usually the biggest second chance guy in the world. I, I I I really think I've ever since you've known me. I think always I'm, have been. I was going to say you always have been extremely second chance oriented. Yes, just because 
I know um, what the opportunities are, and I'd hate to see somebody lose that opportunity mm-hmm. over something where there's, you know, the, if you do make a mistake, you got to be contrite, you got to pay a price, but you got to get, you get, have to get another opportunity. Now, sometimes the mistakes are so egregious that you have to go to another school to get your second chance right. or your third chance, whatever the case may be. So um, for me, I think that people that think that these guys shouldn't get anything, you have to look at, they are part of the machine that generates the revenue. You know, it's not like Woody Hayes making 60000 or $70,000 a year, Mm-mm. right? And Woody Hayes capping uh, his assistant coaches' salaries. When there are people in corporations that are making money off of you and you're part of the reason why they are making that money and they are using you to sell that money, whether it's through the university having a corporate sponsor and you're part of the cog, then you deserve part of the money. Because without you, there is nothing to sell. Yeah, Just I like agree. without the university that you're attending, there is nothing to sell. Yeah. Uh, we want to steer our small business owners, many of whom are now back open and are opening, as we mentioned today, with all the new businesses opening, that AUI Info in Akron stands ready to help you get back on your feet, back in business. You may have new employees as you've lost some during this COVID transition and closures. AUIinfo.com. Chrissy, their health insurance specialist, Julie, their HR specialist, can answer any question that you have. You will not pay more for your health insurance. Chrissy will be the person on the phone navigating all the phone menus, getting all the prices, getting you the best deal, getting you the best coverage. Julie, steering you through all those questions about you recall an employee, they want to stay home, they don't want to come in, they don't feel safe, they're making more on unemployment than they were uh, working because of the $600 extra that they're getting per week. You want to know how to separate from them, you want to do it legally, there you go, auiinfo.com. Just a sample of some of the questions that you may have as a small business owner and you may not know where to go to get the answers. I'm telling you where to go. It is auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Laura Rutledge of ESPN picks Justin Fields as her Heisman Trophy winner this year over Trevor Lawrence of the Clemson Tigers. Mr. Spielman, would you take right now Fields, Lawrence, or the field as your Heisman Trophy winner? Um, I, I'll In take, other words, everyone else. I'll take Justin Fields. You'll take Justin Fields. I will. Yeah, I think he sowed so much improvement mm-hmm. as the year went on. The one question that I have is a little bit of it inexperience coming. He lost some really good players at wide receiver. He lost, but he's got really Ben good. Victor. He lost KJ. KJ Hill, and he lost Austin Mack. Yeah, and he also lost a couple others too. Right? No, he lost to who? I'm trying to think who the two linemen are that he lost. He lost Jonah Jackson, mm-hmm. and why can't I think of the left guard? Tackle? Was guard Jonah? Jonah Jackson was a guard. Why can't I think of the left tackle? Because um, it's a new year. I guess, yeah. They're but here's the, over there but on the right I, side, I, but I, I can't remember the left tackle. I think Justin Fields wants to be great, and he works to be great. So he's that, like many, like Trevor Lawrence. By the way, he lost J.K. Dobbins, too, and that's a big loss. Yeah. yeah. 2,000 yards. Yeah. I, I think that they'll be fine at running back. Here's well, the, now you think they'll be fine at running back. You were questioning at running back. You were questioning Master Teague. Are you back on the Master Teague bandwagon, or are you on the Trey Sermon bandwagon? I'm on that there's always somebody that steps okay. up when they get their opportunity. Next man up bandwagon. Well, I am. Uh, I, I think this, when you combine the work ethic, the talent, uh, I think Justin knows what's ahead of him. I do think that potentially, right now he's a first-round NFL quarterback he's top five i don't know if he's top five really yeah who said he's top five you say he's top five yeah every mock draft i see he's top he's a quarterback why wouldn't he be top five yeah that's true but i i just think that what i've watched from him i've never met justin uh but what i've heard and what i've watched from him he's everything you want yep as far as 
the best players being your best leaders and your hardest workers. And I think he wants to be great, and I think they can be great. I think Ohio State has a superb team coming back again. No doubt. And so I'm excited for him. So I will take Justin Fields and never underestimate the brand of Ohio State. Yep. He Especially can nowadays, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, just – how how important is is TV going to be this year to college football and the NFL? Do you think it's more important? Sure, with the fans not yeah. being you know the fans being restricted, of course it's more important. Yeah, I think Justin Fields' advantage over Trevor Lawrence is that Justin Fields is perceived to play a much tougher schedule in a much better league than the ACC, and Justin Fields has uh, the Oregon game in Week Two. Justin Fields, the big games on his schedule now. True confession, I haven't looked at Clemson's schedule. But Justin Fields, the games on his schedule are, the marquee games are spaced ideally to win the Heisman Trophy. He's got the Oregon game in week two where he can make an early splash. He's got the Penn State game in midseason where he can make the big midseason splash when it becomes a little bit more realistic about thinking, ah, who's in the lead for the Heisman Trophy? Uh, nobody in the ACC affords Clemson the kind of bounce that Justin Fields can get from a win at Penn State. And then, of course, you have the historical magic, if not actually borne out in anything over the last two decades that would lend any authenticity to the fact that the Ohio State-Michigan game is a competitive rivalry. <laughs> it has a tradition of being a competitive rivalry. It is, in fact, a walkover and will be again a walkover in Ohio Stadium. <laughs> And, and so there against Michigan, he's probably going to put up 50 points and make a grand statement about his candidacy. So I would take – I always like the field in any argument of X, Y, and the field because the field's In this big. case, the field's? You'll take the fields. But I might take the fields. <laughs> I'll take the fields in this one, yeah. Exactly right. So that's where we're going. Uh, let's go to um, emails. Okay. And uh, we'll save Cody's. Uh, let's see. Here's one from uh, Zachary. He says, uh, I'd be interested to see your response to Shannon Sharp saying Drew Brees should retire. Uh, I think this whole situation is uh, going to be way worse for sports than Colin Kaepernick ever was. This is infinitely worse for sports media than Kaepernick, as I cannot believe what I have been seeing on FS1. Uh, I remember the best statement on the flag situation coming from Clay Travis. What if Kaepernick was kneeling to protest abortion? Yeah, I wondered if Ben Watson had been the guy to protest uh, abortion in... um, 2017, would he have been embraced like Colin Kaepernick? I think it's easy to say the answer would well, be no. Well, also, Colin Kaepernick, I'm not, again, I'm not sticking up for Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick uh, lost his career. He did. For what he believed in. He did. That's, that's, regardless whether you believe it yeah, or not. Yeah, regardless he, whether you believe it or not, that's admirable. Uh, what do you think of Shannon Sharp saying Drew Brees should retire? I don't, there's, I, I, I don't think anything of it. There's, Drew Brees shouldn't retire. Drew Brees has earned the right to retire when he wants to retire. And like everybody else, if you're going to believe in the First Amendment for somebody, one person, you need to believe in the First Amendment for another person. So I, I think, think I think Sharp's opinion was that he's lost his ability to lead the team. Do you think he's lost his ability to lead the team? No, not at all. I think everybody's interested. That The beautiful thing about the NFL is everybody's the common goal, especially when you're on a potential Super Bowl team like the Saints, the common goal is to win. And uh, I think that takes precedent over everything else. And those guys know what type of person, what type of leader Drew Brees has been and will continue to be. And so that's, that's Shannon's opinion. I think Shannon's wrong. I think Shannon's wrong, too. I will say this. If Sean Payton can get 10 or more wins out of the New Orleans Saints this year, then Sean Payton is a tremendous leader. There is uh, The Saints are to be congratulated for their um, grace shown each other because 
the way Michael Jenkins, Michael Jenkins, Michael Malcolm Jenkins, Ma- Malcolm Jenkins and Michael Thomas jumped and assumed the worst of Drew Brees introduces a lot of volatility into that locker room. And I think it will speak volumes of Drew Brees if he's able to function as he has functioned in the past without any um, lingering resentment on his part toward two guys who could have reacted much differently initially by saying, okay, let me go talk to Drew. I know what kind of guy Drew is. I know what Drew has done. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to jump and assume the worst of Drew. They both assumed the worst of Drew right away and pounded him publicly, which I don't think is how a teammate so and they, a friend should react. Did they change their opinions? Mm. They, after they've they said they've forgiven him? him. They've said they've accepted his apology and forgiven him. I don't think they've said anything about, yeah, I overreacted initially. No. So I'm just going to say, if the Saints pull it together and do well and deliver on expectations and there's no impact on their season from all this drama related to Drew Brees' comments, uh, I will laud them because that will show me that uh, all the things we advocate for compromise understanding empathy will be in vogue with the new orleans saints this yeah, is from, i think sean can probably pull that off if anybody can uh here's from dan in minnesota i was listening to the friday show over the weekend on drew Brees. when it comes to the whole topic of taking a knee during the anthem i see a lot of either hypocrisy or racism towards it not sure if it's one or both let me explain i think the reason Taking a knee upsets people is because the athletes were black and standing for a black reason. If it were a prominent white athlete taking a knee for pro-life, pro-choice, it would be interesting to see if the reaction was mm-hmm. the same. Uh, come on, Dan. You don't think it'd be the same, do you? Uh, secondly, Trump and others call out the kneeling as being disrespectful, but never mention the hundreds of people in the stands on the field that keep their hats on, are not covering their hearts, or any other actions that are generally deemed disrespectful that's why i think there's a lot of hypocrisy involved well and my solution is when we all come to the conclusion that that flag stands for freedom and liberty to express yourself how you want to express yourself then it's much easier not to get offended by either action yeah cody Email SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, which you can email to nominate someone for COVID-19 relief. He says, Bruce, while I understand your position that it's hard for you to support the Black Lives Matter movement based on you refusing to support defunding the police and separating from the nuclear family, I'd question if it's fair for you to essentially appear to come off as against the movement when 90% of the movement is about racial equality and 10% is about the points you disagree with. Please note the percentages I'm using are rough estimates. I look forward to a response on the podcast. I can't wait to continue to listen. As a moderate liberal, it is fascinating to try to listen to you and Chris's perspectives and consider the other side of the discussion. Well, first of all, awesome, Cody, that you don't share our political views and that you listen. That's great. Listening is important. And and I love to listen as I have a friend who's very liberal and many friends who are very liberal. And I listen to them. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate you asking the well, question. People, uh, one interesting note, and I just learned this about you, that I believe you voted for Jimmy Carter. I did, yeah. And uh, Bill Clinton Bill twice. Clinton, Bill Clinton twice. Yeah. So, And I've said before, I, don't, I can't vote for anyone in the Democratic Party now because they don't give me any pro-life options. I, yeah. Sherrod Brown, you know, Ted Strickland... No, you can't. You know, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. I got no pro-life options in the Democratic Party. Exactly. Zero. So all right. very what? easy. All right. So to address Cody's email, uh, first of all, I would say that your percentages are off. I don't think 90% of the movement is about racial equality. I would also say that it is the oldest trick in the book to give your movement a name that people cannot disagree with because everyone should know that black lives matter. Correct. But then also wrap your movement in ideologies that uh, don't speak exclusively to that. Okay? So here's what, why I cannot support the movement. I can support that Black Lives Matter, you know, but if you capitalize Black Lives Matter and make it a title and a movement and I go to their website and I read that they support separating from the nuclear family, which means separating from fathers in the homes. I can't support it because the lack of fathers in the home in Appalachia and in inner city minority neighborhoods 
is, in my opinion, a big-time problem in crime among young men. I don't see the Black Lives Matter movement decrying a weekend in Chicago where 82 people were shot. I don't see the Black Lives Matter movement decrying the senseless murder of David Dorn, a black former police officer defending a pawn shop in St. Louis. I don't see the Black Lives Matter movement making any kind of a statement about the senseless murder of a federal officer who's black in Oakland, California. I don't see the Black Lives Matter movement making any kind of statement about the disproportional death of black unborn children by Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers. So when you tell me that they stand for black lives, they stand for black lives murdered by or uh, unjustly taken by white police officers. That's what they stand for. And that is a horrible thing. I I can agree with that, but I cannot agree with their position on the transgender movement because if black lives mattered they would know that the suicide rate among transgender teens is far more than double the suicide rate among teens who do not identify as transgender or binary or non-binary. So, you know, which black lives matter? The ones that they can politicize for an agenda that is not supported by statistics because it's just not true that white police officers are going out and hunting young black men to try to exterminate them. That is just not true. It is not supported by any statistical evidence. It is supported by the cases of Philando Castile and arguably Trayvon Martin, although that was not a white police officer, of certainly of George Zimmer, uh, certainly of uh, George Floyd, it is supported. The narrative is supported, but it is not supported by widespread statistical evidence. And also, I would say you are somewhat, somewhat indicted by the company you keep. And I Googled this morning, Cody, Black Lives Matter denounces Antifa. I just wanted to see how many times have they denounced Antifa. Zero. Mm -hmm. You cannot find it on Google that the Black Lives Matter movement came out and officially condemned rioting Credited to Antifa. Can't find it. So, call me extremely suspicious of the association between those two movements. And by the way, when I talked about names and how names can be misleading, Antifa is anti-fascist? That is a complete joke. That is like the Union of Socialist Social Democrats in the USSR. I mean, come on. It's not demo- There's nothing democratic about the old USSR. So those are my reasons for not supporting the movement. Individually, do black lives matter as much as, do a, does a black person's life matter as much as my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that is a view that I have as a believer in Jesus Christ who came to earth to die, to provide forgiveness for all all men and women of every race, creed, and color. And he calls me to love all men, all women. And so, yes, I support the lives of a, the life of a black person as much as my own because that's my calling as a Christian. I don't need another movement to get behind to support that. I, I think you make a, a lot of great points, and I do think if we look at it like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, how do we uh, make sure they matter? What can we do? Where can we improve as a society? And uh, statistically, if you look at statistically, I think a kid has a better chance if there's a mother and father in the house. I think if you look at funding education, there's a better chance if the money actually goes to the students like it said, it's supposed to go to the students. Uh, I think there's a chance if we uh, have civics classes in our student, in our within our schools, that talk about the beauty of voting and the right to vote and to educate 
our students on issues. Then they choose what to vote on and what not to vote on. They choose what candidate to support and not support. And if you watch the news and watch the analysis, one of the things is talking about who to vote for and learn to vote and vote at a local level and vote for the change that you want to happen. And so my whole mantra is that, yes, I, I can't stand anybody that is unjustly treated. And I have a comprehension and an understanding uh, because of my background of why people, why this was the tipping point. Something needs to be done. I think we all know that. And our common enemy is racism. Now we have to find a common solution to fighting racism. I don't know, I don't know if it can ever be eliminated. I would like it to be forever eliminated, but our chan- but the chances are that when we come together where we have a much better chance of curtailing racism tremendously by fighting it together. And one way to do that is a simple verse that I will share with you right now. Fantastic. It's an easy way to do it. It's an easy way to live your life, and it's an easy way to uh, look for justice everywhere. Set your mind on things above, not things on this earth. So if we set our minds on things above, on God and what God says and what the Bible says, and how do we treat people and how do we respond and do we live with a servant's heart? Do we look for injustice and point out the injustice? Injustice. When you do that, we can combat a lot of these problems. You know, I, I hear a lot of people saying things. I just don't hear solutions. So what I am trying to do with this small platform that we have is I am trying to offer things solutions mm-hmm. i talked about earlier in the podcast looking for opportunities to actively seek opportunities where you can make a difference in somebody's life um that has been affected by racism open your eyes and do something about it as opposed to talking about it you can talk about it all you want which is great you can point it out all you want but let your actions speak. Uh, that that's my point. And just like I, Bruce is a, a and I are tremendous proponents of the pro life mo- mo- uh, movement. I don't want babies ripped out of wombs. I don't want that. So I try to support that. I don't want racism. So I try to do something from my end that I can do to support non racism. To help opportunities, to look for opportunities, or to support opportunity zones headed up by Ben Carson, Secretary of Housing, and Tim Scott, Senator from South Carolina. That's what I want. That's compromise. That's looking for opportunities. That's supporting opportunities. And so that's all I'm saying is instead of constantly pointing issues out, Take action on, and you know, demand action, obviously, from your local, state, and federal government, but also take action in a proactive way, in a positive way, where you as an individual can make a difference. Then, if you do that, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. But that's Colossians, by the way. I don't know if do you question that. No, that's I don't. Colossians I'm not going to question you. No, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. Because we started the podcast with a little snippet from the previous podcast about me questioning Spiel's spiritual citation. You're studying it. And we're studying it in Sunday school. Well, that's what you get. So he cited I, something on the previous podcast from First Peter, and I missed it. I thought it was the Apostle I'm, Paul. I want to go. Uh, can you give me the number of your elders yeah, at the pass, church so I can along call? To you. <laughs> so I thought, well, I better get back in First Peter. I'm missing a lot of truth. So then I got into Second Peter. And I found this, Second Peter uh, 1, 
5 through 11. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, yeah. to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Okay, so I always get worried when I see the word effort because I have learned in my Christian life that my efforts are empty. My efforts mm-hmm. fail. So I want to note that we cannot do those things because um, self-control is not our specialty. Perseverance is not our specialty. Man, I want this over. I want this pain to end right now. Yeah. Godliness is not in our nature. Our nature is antithetical to all those things. We don't come with the right equipment to be persevering, to be self-controlled. But we have an we have access to the tool that allows us to be those things. That's a great and point. that tool is accepting Jesus Christ and having his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth indwell you. That gives you the ability to do those things that are outside yourself. If you're mechanical at all, I liken this to um, if you try to take a slotted screwdriver and open a, if you try to take a Phillips screwdriver and open a slotted screw, a Phillips screwdriver has like a cross pattern on it, and open a slotted screw, you can't do it. You don't have the right tool. But if you get a Phillips screw and a Phillips screwdriver, it locks right in there, and boom, you can turn that screw. That is the Holy Spirit in your life. It enables you to do all these things that we talk about doing, and that's what worries me about this whole solutions to racism. And I know you're going to say, well, what a simplistic thing. People need to come to Christ. Yeah, Yeah, the God of the universe, his wisdom is far superior to man's wisdom. He says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God, foolishness. And so the ultimate healing, if we ever do want to attain the unattainable, which is racial harmony, which appears to be the unattainable, racial harmony in the United States, it has to come from a position of Christian love and Christian attitudes. So I can support that black lives matter when you're talking about i don't know if do you capitalize the letter b if you're talking about an african-american maybe i I don't know but the l in lives and the m in matter would not be capitalized if you're saying that black lives matter but if you make it a capitalized statement and you're talking about the movement and i articulated why the movement i support is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which will accomplish all the things that we are ill-equipped to accomplish in our own strength because we don't have the right tool unless we've accepted Christ and have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So uh, can I support that real quick Please. with another verse? In John twelve forty six, And this is simple, but it's true because it does it. Everything that I in in coming at from this point about making a true change or true difference in this world, in our situation that we're in, is taking action. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the Holy Spirit. So what's what's Jesus say when Jesus came? I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying what I'm saying is that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have this light. So you think differently. You feel differently. You have different, your your opinions change. Your opportunity change. Your openness you, changes. Your, your openness changes. Yeah. And, and you combine that with liberty and freedom that this country can provide and that we're looking for and understanding and compromising uh, that if somebody's going to kneel for the national anthem, I'm not going to have rage inside of me. I'm going to say that person has liberty and freedom, and there's many people that I am so grateful to that fought for that person's liberty and freedom to choose to take a knee, where in other countries that would be impossible. So that's how I tend to look at things. But my whole thing is let's start talking about solutions. And you don't have to – you can find solutions and opportunities on your own and i would encourage all our emailers and they probably do i don't know maybe they do i hope they do 
is to look for solutions and look to where you can make an individual difference in some individual's lives. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Uh, we appreciate you joining us again. Get those nominations in for COVID-19 relief. We will draw names on Friday. Four will receive $250 each. And remember, the Willis Spangler Starling Law Firm for all your legal needs. Available online, willisattorneys.com. Easy to find on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, Workers' Compensation, Social Security, Disability, Wills and Estate Planning, Personal Injury, Appointment Law. Just a few of the specialties of Willis Spangler Starling. They are a full-service law firm. They are people of high integrity and great character. Cannot recommend them more highly. Most of the people who are listening to our podcast are people who are successful in their life and have pretty much attained a point where they have maybe every box checked, but somebody they can go to with all their legal questions. Willis Spangler-Starling is the firm. For that, tell them the Spielman Hooley podcast sent you. We'd appreciate that very much. We look forward to talking to you again on Friday. Pray for our country. Pray that our leaders will be humble and wise. And we thank you for your time this morning. Have a great day.